we said. The Press Box. Welcome in another Press Box podcast for you. Mike Grace from my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. Our radio show heard weekdays on great stations around the state and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. And our podcast, just a little snippet of what you hear every day inside the Press Box. Today, a very special guest, Chip Carey, has been doing the Braves for a number of years, number of years, from a legendary family. And again, I'm a big Braves fan, so I watch almost every night. And if you've ever wondered, you know, Chris, J.D., myself, I can only speak for myself, but do I ever get nervous when I'm around big names like this? Folks that, again, I admire and mean a lot to me. Well, you're about to find out because I think I, I think I mess up my own name uh, in trying to introduce Chip Carey and bringing him inside the press box. We had a great visit with him and we hope you enjoy. Put together a little special intro for our guest inside the press box and the press box podcast for Chip Carey. The press box. Chip Carey, Major League Baseball announcer. And I'm Skip Carey, Major League Baseball announcer. And I'm Harry Carey, Major League Baseball announcer. Will the real Major League Broadcasting Carey please stand up? Holy cow! The line and the pitch, here it is. One, fly ball, deep left center, press him on the run! Yes! 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 It's a three-peat for the Braves. They're the champions of the East in 2020. Driven to right field. That ball is down, and the Braves have won it. The chase is on, and Adrianza, and the Braves somehow, some way, win this one in 12. What a game. And what a call just from the night before last. Uh, heck, what three great calls. From the first family of baseball broadcasting, you heard the granddad, Harry Carey, the dad, Skip Carey, and the son, our next guest inside the press box, along with Chris Stewart, J.D. Byers, and Chris Stewart, or Mike Grace, pardon me. We're honored to welcome a voice that's been heard in my household a, a lot over the years. It is uh, our, our dear friend, Chip Carey. So glad to have you, Chip. And again, as a fellow play-by-play announcer, you're in with three other guys. Do we have the best job in the world or what, man? <laughs> it sure beats digging a ditch or tarring roofs on it? a hot summer day. Doesn't yeah. it? And, and especially it's, on the night- it's, it, it is a lot of fun. As, uh, as uh, one of my bosses with Fox Sports years ago, David Hill, who got the uh, whole Fox Sports thing off the ground for Rupert Murdoch in L.A., said, we truly live in life's sandbox. And if you approach it that way, uh, yeah, you really do have playtime every single day. And we're really blessed to be able to do what we do for sure. Chip, it's Chris. And, and what an amazing opportunity you had. You know, we we think of our family, you know, a lot of guys in the family business, so to speak. There's uh, you get a chance to be an apprentice. If your father's an accountant, maybe you like numbers and that's what you want to do or whatever your vocation. Uh, You had that opportunity, but maybe not to the degree that some people think. Could you share with us a little bit of the background and the history for you uh, and how you became a broadcaster? Even though you were in a broadcast family, it may not have been as, as traditional as many people may think. Yeah, that's an excellent point, and it's really true. I think people have this perception that me uh, or my two sons are at at, uh, UGA and are becoming broadcasters themselves were sort of 
born into uh, this this uh, broadcasting family, and we had a golden microphone put in our crib, and we were sort of pushed into the business. That wasn't the case for me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, sadly, my grandparents divorced. Uh, my parents were divorced, and uh, you know, I, I grew up in St. Louis. Didn't see my dad very much until I uh, came to college. And um, uh, you know, like everybody else growing up in St. Louis, you wanted to be a, a, a St. Louis Cardinal. My favorite player was Ted Simmons. I was a catcher. I had the long, flowing hair. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had the big, wide butt, so I wasn't going to be an athlete. So I figured the next best way for me to stay involved in baseball was to develop an interest in it. And by the time I was in high school, cable TV was starting to make its penetration. The world that we live in now is one that's almost incomprehensible to people 40 years ago. You had five TV channels. You didn't have cable TV. There were no cell phones. There was no internet, no home computers uh, to, to speak of. And so the way that I kept in touch with my father and my grandfather was by watching the Cubs games in the afternoon when I'd come home from school and catching the Braves on TBS at night. And I, I don't know if subconsciously or somehow that became kind of what I wanted to do, but uh, my home life in St. Louis with my mom was not particularly good. I didn't have much contact, as I said, with my dad. And only until I got to come and visit him in in Atlanta during uh, my, my uh, summer visitations did I really get a grasp of what he was doing and what he was about. And that's where the bug kind of bit me. And I, I realized I wasn't going to be a player. And I thought, well, maybe uh, maybe I can do what he's doing. And um, uh, driving home from Fulton County Stadium, one night after a, a Braves-Dodgers game, Bob Watson came off the bench, hit a pinch-hit grand slam homer. My dad had the call on radio, and uh, they played the call at midnight as we were driving home, and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And my dad, I just said to my dad, that was, that was awesome. And he said, what do you mean? I said, your home run call. I said, I'd like to do that someday. And he didn't say another word for 20, 25 minutes while we drove home. And by the time we got to his house, we sat down. He you know, made himself a, a glass of iced tea, and I was having some dinner. And he said, were you serious about what you said in the car? And I said, yeah, very much so. He said, okay, we start tomorrow. And so uh, my dad sort of let me come to it myself. Uh, he never pushed me into it like his dad did. Uh, I never uh, dreamed or imagined that I would be able to uh, be doing what I'm doing now, but I'm incredibly grateful not just for their help from afar, but the you know tens of hundreds of people who have helped me along the way in my career and obviously the millions of listeners who follow us because without them, I wouldn't be here and uh, being uh, honored to, to speak with you guys. So it's a long roundabout story, but it was not one that was um, – in any way, shape, or form, dynastic or intended to be that way. It just sort of happened naturally, and I think uh, that's what makes me happiest is that I've, I've done a lot of this myself and uh, very, very proud of that. There's two pieces to that that I want to follow up on. Number one, when you, when you would come and visit your dad, you did get to go and hang out with him in the press box. You would go to work, in essence, with him. But also – Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And it was for two weeks. I, at one point, I was – on the TBS crew as kind of a production assistant. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, old Braves documentary of It's a Long Way to October. I was a film editor for that. I, you know, I did some supper work at TBS, uh, and I was around the baseball team when the team was home all the time. And not only was I in the booth, but I was in the truck. I was coiling cable. I was carrying cameras. I was helping with the graphics. I kind of uh, I learned about the uh, the business of broadcasting and all that goes on behind the scenes, which is so much more difficult and so much more important sure. than us saying ball too. Um, and I, it really taught me an important lesson, which is treat your crew well, uh, take care of those people. They uh, they have your best interests at heart, and they can very easily wreck your career, knowingly or unknowingly, if you uh, yep. if you don't treat them the right way. So yes, I, I served an apprenticeship or an internship and, and an entry level job, so to speak, as 
as a high school kid. And by the time I got to college, all the things that they were teaching us in school, I already knew. So I was far, far and away ahead of everybody else. So you went into this on your own free will. Uh, yes. You, you got nobody to blame but yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it's, we all have, you know, I, we all make choices in life. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and, you know the, the, the hardest part of this job, and I think for people who want to do this, and I, I think, uh, you know, the guys that travel and do play by play, and hopefully we'll be traveling again soon. Um, the, the most difficult part of the job is, uh, you know, you're away from so much. Baseball, in, especially, is 183 uh, days of 162 games, and that doesn't even count playoffs or spring training. That's the regular season, and so the time we spend away from our friends, away from our homes, away from our families. I don't live where I work, for example, and that's certainly not the norm, but it does happen. Uh, you you miss a, a ton of things. I mean, I have four children, and basically, I've seen half of their lives. And that's really, really hard to reconcile as you get older, because as they become adults, you realize the things that you didn't see. I didn't see any of my kids first steps, for example, because it happened during baseball season. Um, You know, you miss birthdays, you miss anniversaries, you miss um, your your friendships, you miss being able to go out in the yard and cut the grass, for example. Uh, I'm not complaining because uh, it is the life that we've chosen, but it is still a job and it is a hard job and there is sacrifice that's involved to to doing it well, I think, and to do it uh, at the level that we've tried to do on Bally Sports and my dad and my grandfather and everybody else, frankly, in the business, it takes complete and total immersion. Um, many of us are married in this business, but we all have a mistress and that mistress is the sport. And um, I think I'm, I'm very blessed to know that my wife understands that. She understands that what I can't do physically and, and, and uh, emotionally uh, for six months of the season allows me to provide my family with the best that I can possibly give them and the opportunities that they're having as well. So it is a job. It is a trade-off. It doesn't come without sacrifice just like anything else. It's just a different kind of sacrifice. And I think people uh, look at our jobs and say, wow, that's so much fun. It is. But when your team's 17 games out of first place and it's August 1st and you know you have two months of this left, that's when it gets really, really tough. And uh, luckily for us in Atlanta, we haven't had to deal with that for the last couple of years. Chip Carey, our guest, and I'm sure late in the offseason getting ready for baseball, there's probably a lot of spouses that are, man, when does baseball get here? But uh, <laughs> Exactly. It could be unique at the time. Right. You know, it's like, when are you going away for baseball again? Um, but that's that's uh, you know, uh, that's my that's one of my biggest pieces of advice I give yeah. to young people who want to get in this business. You know, if you get married and have a family, that's great, but make sure that your spouse understands that, as I said, you are going to have a mistress, and it's not necessarily uh, the, the one that everybody thinks you're talking about. Your mistress is to do the job well. It's baseball. You get up, you read the newspaper, you watch the highlight shows, you think about the game, you make your phone calls, you get to the park early, you talk to the players the managers the other team you get to the ballpark you do the game you come home it's midnight and you can't get to bed till one o'clock and then it starts again the very next day it's every day for six months and that's that's a really really hard uh, hard schedule uh, to think about because again fourth of july everybody's having a barbecue a picnic you're at a ballpark somewhere <laughs> and that's the sacrifice you have to be willing to make if you want to do the job i want to ask you this because uh it it Part of this show is to let listeners behind the curtain of what play-by-play or broadcasters do and, and perhaps show them a new angle of uh, the world of sports. Uh, mm-hmm. Chip, it's J.D. down in Mobile. The, a, a question I get a lot from guys coming into the industry where they've been here, with the advent of like ESPN+, Plus, you've had ESPN3, a lot of guys call and ask just advice, and I really don't know what to say because I don't want to get into somebody's career. It's their livelihood, but they have the question, and it's coming up a lot. TV or radio, because now there's a dilemma for a lot of people where they had been a radio voice of a program and now have Mm -hmm. the opportunity to be a TV guy because programs need a TV person with all this streaming. 
your your dad and granddad obviously legends of the radio airwaves and you're known as a tv guy kind of how did that come about uh was it your preference or was it a mission from the get-go to be uh, more on the tv side well, I did radio, too. Uh, when I came up yeah. in 91 with the Braves, I was doing radio and filling in for my dad. Uh, when I went to Seattle, I did radio and TV. In the old days of TBS, we all did radio and TV. Even when I came back uh, in 05, I think we all switched off and went to the radio station. Um, I think it's really very simple. Uh, TV pays more. Uh, TV is, is the much more, um, shall we say, a glorified medium. Uh, more people watch the games and consume the games on TV or streaming now than they do on radio. But that said, I think if you ask any TV person, uh, and this is not a knock on our company or our, our crew or anything else, the, the uh, spontaneity, the intimacy with the listener and the reliance of the listener on your art and your craft is much more satisfying on radio. Uh, I'm sure you've done both. Uh, you know, a ground ball to second is called entirely differently on television than it would be uh, with a radio call. And, yeah. uh, you know, we have different parameters and different things, no matter the, the TV network, that have to be taken care of that you don't necessarily have to deal with on radio. So, uh, look, my advice to anybody is uh, I think the best career path is start on radio, learn the craft, learn what your limitations are and aren't, learn what your strengths are, learn how to be descriptive with the language and, and practice and get good on radio. And then if the opportunity goes uh, comes to go on television where you can do those same things and use the pictures as an ally and not a hindrance, and by the way, make more money, then go for it. But I think the trend usually is, uh, like everything else, it's a bell curve. Uh, most of the people in the business that I know start on radio, work their way up, get on television, hopefully have some success, have a nice career, and then decide, okay, my kids are out of college. I've, I've you know, my, my financial needs aren't quite as high with tuition payments and the like. <laughs> it's time for me to go have fun. And a lot of guys then move to radio for the last five, six, seven years of their career and then tip their cap and say thank you and move on. Uh, but ultimately, you have to go uh, what makes sense economically. You have to go where the job is and take whatever opportunity exists for you. And uh, ultimately, you have to do what makes you happy. And, um, you know, for me, I'm really lucky. I love doing television. I, I have fantastic partners, unbelievably great teammates uh, with our group, crew with Bally Sports. We've been together now a long time, almost 10 years since I came back. Well, 15 years, I guess, since I've come back. And uh, we're just we're still hitting our stride. And uh, it's very easy, like hand to glove. And um, I enjoy every minute. But certainly on days like you mentioned last night, when an ESPN comes in or Big Fox comes in and we can't work, those of us who are attuned to doing the game every day long for those days. Well, God, I wish I could slide over to radio and do this game because it's an important game, uh, but we don't have that opportunity. So uh, follow your heart, follow your pocketbook, and um, uh, let, your, let your career guide you uh, to towards your own uh, uh, professional nirvana, as it were. And uh, I think that's the, uh, the best advice I can give anybody. A final couple of minutes with Chip Carey, uh, TV voice for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, pandemic hit our industry pretty hard uh, in a lot of different ways. I know you were impacted uh, by that and and actually did a podcast for a little while during that. That, that Were a couple of your sons involved in getting that going, Chip? Yeah, my son Stephen and Christopher are much more technologically advanced than I am. They're both uh, juniors at UGA. They're going to be broadcasting uh, baseball in the Cape League this summer. I'm really proud of them. Uh, they're on their way. Dan Schulman's son's going to be in the league with them as well. I think there are four oh, Georgia wow. kids that are broadcasting uh, uh, Cape League, Cape uh, Cod League baseball this summer. So, uh, yeah, they, they're they're great. Uh, you know, I'm I'm so envious of them in this regard. 
number one, they're better looking, they're they're more talented, they're smarter than I am, and they're going to graduate college with 200 live events or so wow. on their yeah. resume, which is something that people my age never had in school. We had no access to those kinds of things. Very true. All, all the different ESPNs and the like. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they helped me with the podcast and uh, really, really proud of them and grateful to them. Being a baseball broadcaster with that last name is not the easiest thing, but Chip Carey has been quite the success. And our thanks to him for joining us inside the press box. Tomorrow on the radio show, you'll hear his half-brother, Josh Carey, who is now the radio voice for the brand-new Rocket City Trash Pandas who play up in Huntsville or Madison, Alabama. That'll be a part of tomorrow's show, which you can hear on stations across the state and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. Until then, thanks for joining us inside the Press Box and here on the Press Box Podcast.